and welcome to the second episode of We're Spinning Plates. Thank you so much to everyone who supported the launch of this podcast in the last week. It has been such a fun experience launching this podcast and thank you to everyone who downloaded it, who engaged with us on Instagram, who told us that they enjoyed it. It was just such a relief to put this project out there and to have people listen to it and to enjoy it when they did listen to it. So thank you for your support. I know that we have had a really stressful week launching it but it is now (laughs) completely worth it so thank you to anyone that listened absolutely it has just been so lovely it's always nice when you put effort and time and passion into a project and then put it out into the world and then people actually like it it just makes all of that work and excitement all the more exciting basically and it's been so lovely although like you mentioned the actual (laughs) like technicalities of launching a podcast were I think a lot more complicated than either of us had actually imagined I'm trying to think of it as a silver lining that we just learned some new skills that we definitely, definitely didn't have prior to this week. So anyone that hasn't listened to that first episode and is listening to this totally fresh, this is the We're Spinning Plates podcast. I'm Em. And I'm Kira. And basically, this is just a lifestyle podcast where we talk about life and navigating life in your 20s and all of the ups and downs that come with that. So to start off this second episode, how has your week been? I've had a pretty good week, like you said. It was marginally stressful (laughs) trying to figure out how to actually get this podcast launched because, bloody hell, it's really, really complicated. (laughs) I think the experience has shaved a few years off my life. (laughs) Oh my god, absolutely. I just thought it was going to be like launching a YouTube channel, which both of us have done, um, and you'd just like click upload and it would be out there in the world and that was it. But actually you have to kind of get like a podcast hosting site and then submit it through that site onto all of the different platforms that you actually use to listen to podcasts. And oh my god, did not realise how much... (laughs) like complicated and convoluted steps there were to actually getting this podcast out but it is done now and we are both so happy about it so that was kind of like the main focus of the week was just getting this project launched and it was a really exciting thing to be focused on aside from that I've obviously been at work I'm actually currently working only three days a week um at my job and then the other two days I'm on furlough because of the fact that we are currently in lockdown which was actually quite helpful in terms of the podcast launch because it gave me a bit more time (laughs) to focus on editing the first episode and all of that stuff And it's also meant I've had a little bit more time for doing other things like reading and baking and all kinds of stuff. So I'll start off with reading because I have actually been listening to an audiobook this week. Now, I don't listen to audiobooks very often, but I was recommended the audiobook Talking As Fast As I Can by Lauren Graham, who is the actress that plays Lorelai Gilmore in Gilmore Girls, for anyone that doesn't know. I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan, and I've heard that this book is incredible, that it is narrated by Lauren Graham herself, and so it's much better to listen to than to read physically, and I'm so, so glad that I'm listening to it because it is hilarious, and she is just such a funny and interesting person. So I've been listening to that. I've also been reading a book called Christmas, at the Island Hotel by Jenny Colgan, which I'm loving because it's about Christmas and I love Christmas. Um, I've also been watching a lot of TikTok. 
based on our <laughs> really? conversations last week about Made in Chelsea, Gogglebox and other reality TV shows. My phone has obviously been listening to me because my TikTok feed and algorithm is currently absolutely full of clips from reality TV shows. I'm getting loads from The Only Way is Essex, some from Made in Chelsea, and then also some old game shows like Golden Balls. Have you seen Golden Balls? I think I saw it back in the day, but definitely not in a long time. It's so funny because there's just the bits where they're holding the balls at the end. Uh, and they have to split or steal and you know that one person is always going to steal and the tension is just incredible so how have you been watching that on tiktok in 15 second sound bites isn't it 15 seconds i don't have tiktok i've resisted tiktok i'm pretty sure tiktok can be up to a minute reels is 15 seconds right um but yeah it's absolutely hilarious loving it and there's also an australian show I don't know the name of it, but there's this guy and he's like a teacher and he's like really sassy and everyone hates him, but it's just really funny. I'm giving the worst explanation because I don't know what it's called. I've only consumed it via the medium of TikTok, but I love it. And then to conclude my week, it is currently Saturday and I just made a batch of cinnamon rolls and they are incredible. Oh, what so jealous. Saturday is all about indulgence. I feel like I went into Sainsbury's local for a loaf of bread yesterday. I came out with a cat mug. I came out with a cat mug. I'm literally the only person I know that could do that. So I just had, prior to to us sitting down to record this, the most decadent hot chocolate in my new cat mug. And that was just such a little moment of joy. But aside from that, (laughs) because I was just so impressed at my ability to walk in for a loaf of bread and come out with a new mug. I have had a very busy week, a very busy week. I feel like Work has been very busy, nine to five, and then obviously launching the podcast was, as you said, a bit of a stress. (laughs) But in terms of positivity this week, I have been feeling for quite some time now, even if I haven't admitted it to myself, quite disillusioned with content creation. I feel like I unintentionally dropped down to one video a week from two videos a week on YouTube. I didn't really have an upload day. My content felt kind of chaotic. I kept forgetting to post on Instagram. I felt like I'd just become disillusioned a little bit of content creation. And Mm. launching this podcast has just inspired me so, so much and made me realize how much and why I love putting content out there and engaging with other creators online. So it's just really been a week this week of really getting back into the swing of things. And I've really enjoyed it. That's definitely launching the podcast was such a good idea for me. It's definitely pepped me up and engaging with people about that. And then I feel like I'm more on my game with scheduling other content and also appreciating everyone else's content. I did a big, like, have you seen Instagram guides? It's this new thing on Instagram. Have you seen I it? only saw it through you. I yeah. saw your Instagram guide. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I'm total amateur and I don't really know how you do it, but I created an Instagram guide yesterday full of all of the bookstagrammers that I really enjoy listening to and watching their content either through Instagram or Reels or whatever it is that they put out there and I just loved engaging with people through that and then I've also been listening a bit obsessively to another person's podcast this week I've been listening (laughs) to Thick and Thin by Katie Bellotti I've definitely spoken to you about this podcast before I just absolutely adore it she gets the balance balance (laughs) she gets the balance (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she gets the, the balance. balance. The balance. <laughs> she gets the balance between a personal diary entry and a really insightful podcast episode that, where you learn things about topics you would never have 
listen to if you hadn't listened to the podcast she gets that balance of insightfulness and also that personal journal entry just right I was listening to a podcast episode that she put out in July I'm just getting it up so I can get the title right and it was called oversharing folklore and mad women and anyone that knows me knows that I'm a massive Taylor Swift fan so this was essentially a bit of a deep dive into the folklore album and Rebecca Harkness who inspired several songs on the album including The Last Great American Dynasty and it was just such an interesting episode learning about Rebecca Harkness and listening to Katie's take on it and all of her other episodes are just so honest and open and I really appreciate her content so that kind of just as an example of some of the content I've been appreciating this week but for me it really has just been a week of feeling inspired again and I'm sure you know because we both create stuff online like when you're not inspired it can get you into such a bad mood so to feel uplifted by content again ha it was just bliss a breath of fresh air I'm also definitely going to be checking out that particular podcast episode I know you've recommended that podcast to me before but I haven't checked it out yet but that description in particular sounds so interesting because I am such a Wikipedia deep diver. I absolutely love it. <laughs> and I actually also did research into Rebecca Harkness after listening to the Folklore album. Because oh, I did not know that. I just, I can't help myself when I know that something's been inspired by something else. I just love deep dives on Wikipedia. I, I fully cannot help myself. So definitely going to be listening to that one. The whole album of Folklore was just such an interesting project like the idea that it wasn't based you know directly about Taylor it was about all of these different people that had inspired the album I just loved all of the research that people did following that I mean I didn't I was too lazy to do any research myself but I appreciated <laughs> everyone else's research and definitely that podcast episode was just so interesting I love the idea of an album that you're writing other people's stories I feel like I've never I mean never particularly seen that been done before so I just loved no. listening to that podcast episode yeah, definitely. And on the subject of Taylor Swift and folklore, that album was just so intriguing because, like you say, there were just so many stories and it was so interesting to see how it kind of like swept through the internet and created so many interesting narratives. I was particularly interested in the like trio of songs yes. with um, August and Betty and... Oh, is it it's Cardigan? Gone now. I feel like it's Cardigan. cardigan. Yeah, yeah, it's Cardigan. Yeah, thank you so much. But in particular, I really liked hearing the ones that was like um, Betty told from James's perspective or told from the girl in August's perspective and like vice versa. And it was so interesting. There was loads of covers and they were really, really good. I literally remember when that came out. That feels like a kind of a fever dream of lockdown 1.0. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I remember sitting at the breakfast bar, Lucy was working from home at her desk, and I just screamed. <laughs> like, <laughs> that moment feels like it didn't even happen. Like, folklore was this gem amidst the chaos of lockdown 1.0. But yeah, that has been my week. That is our weekly roundup, what we've been loving. And this week for our main section, which we're going to move on to in a second, we're going to be talking about the theme of how to balance everything without getting overwhelmed or what to do when you inevitably do get overwhelmed. Yep, time management and how to avoid burnout, which actually wasn't what we'd prepped as our kind of topic for this second episode, but we actually got quite a lot of requests for it. So without further ado, let's move on to our theme of the week. (laughs) 
So moving on to our topic of the week, which as we've mentioned is all about burnout. And we have to say this one was definitely inspired by you guys and specifically by a comment that both <laughs> Em and I saw, which was on my video. Now, the reason I'm laughing is because there was a comment which said, I hope that you guys talk about like how you manage it all without getting overwhelmed and all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, that's a really good comment. Love that. We'll definitely get to it. Then later on, Em sent me a screenshot of a comment that I didn't really register I kind of skim read and it was kind of along the same lines as that talking about how we keep everything together and don't get overwhelmed and I replied and I was like oh my god we should definitely talk about that because I got a comment that said pretty much the exact same thing and then Em replied and said that was your comment and so she sent me a screenshot from my own video and I totally didn't realize but either way really good comment so thank you to the person that left that because that has inspired our topic of the week so before we jump into it we thought it would be a good idea to just give a brief overview in case you didn't listen last week or in case you've forgotten of all of the things that we both do just because I feel like that gives a little bit of context what we're going to be talking about. So very briefly I have a full-time job in marketing although as I mentioned I'm currently not working full-time because I have a couple of days furlough. I'm also a yoga teacher. I have two YouTube channels. One is a booktube channel and the other one is a yoga channel and then I also now have this podcast as well. And I work full-time in marketing too. I feel like it's so weird that we both have such similar trajectories, but I work full-time in marketing and then I am also an author and I'm trying to start getting my next manuscript ready for submission at the moment. I also have a YouTube channel, I have this podcast, and I also am an editor for a graduate-focused website called Newgrad. So I definitely have... I need in my life some form of time management to make sure that all that I need to get done gets done. Absolutely. Um, I feel like the first thing I would say is that I try to treat everything in a way that is very structured. I love a bullet journal or even if I'm not using like a proper fancy bullet journal, just a notebook in general. And I think having things planned out and mapped out clearly always helps me stay on top of everything because otherwise... I would be a total mess. Not to say that I'm not a mess ever, because I definitely am sometimes, but to try to keep on top of it, I try and keep things planned out. And I don't know if that's something you do as well, Em. I actually use, well, I used to be a fan of the colour-coded to-do list, like paper to-do list. But I actually have just started using this app, mm. app called TickTick. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a, like, you have a weekly calendar and you can put in everything you want to do that week and you can tick them off and you get a fun little chime every time you tick something off. So that's how I've been (laughs) doing it. I just recently moved. I was very against going from the paper to-do list to the mobile to-do list, but actually I'm kind of liking it. So I use an app, but yeah, very similar. Yeah, I actually thought I'd just mention now because you kind of just inspired me. But um, at work, I recently found out about a website called monday.com, which is another kind of to-do list type website where you can kind of like, especially good for in the workplace or like if you're doing things that are in collaboration with other people, because you can write down tasks, say like what department they're for or what sort of like industry they're in and then like assign different people to it, which I also think is really helpful. And you can make it really pretty and color coded as well. So I definitely think organization is the key thing there Um, and just being really realistic with your time and what you can actually fit in so obviously like I think it's important to look at priorities and then figure out like basically what is the like pecking order of everything so obviously if you have a a full-time job that's paying you um, and you're like specifically there to do something people are paying you to be there then that has to generally speaking be the priority and obviously 
if you're in a nine to five, then you know between the hours of nine to five, Monday to Friday, you're not gonna be able to do really anything else. And then from there, I kind of build out. Outside of that, I then have yoga. Not that that's necessarily my next highest priority because I do think that I value YouTube and putting content out there more so than I do my yoga teaching. Um, however, I obviously have to commit to yoga classes. And if I've said to a studio or a gym that I'm gonna be there at a certain time, then I obviously have to be. So those kinds of things then get put into my to-do list and into my sort of like weekly calendar. And then from there, I kind of build out, add in filming, adding editing, all that kind of stuff. And then before you know it, you've got a very jam-packed week and it can be a little bit overwhelming, but I think knowing that things are planned out and that you've kind of allocated time for different things definitely helps me with avoiding that feeling of being overwhelmed or trying to get everything done at the last minute, which never goes well. Yeah, I definitely think that's a good way of doing it, getting the nine to five in and then building outwards. I think my approach to time management is something that is constantly evolving. I definitely am not there yet. I definitely struggle to fit (laughs) everything in. And with everything I've just listed that I have to do, I always approach it with the idea that not everything has to be done in one week like my tasks aren't the same every week they will change for example at the moment my manuscript it's something that I really want to get back on the priority list but right now it's been sat there for a few months actually just finished the first draft finished waiting to start editing it and I have had to just tell myself well actually a colleague at work uh, was we were speaking about time management and getting things done and she said to me it's not the end of the world till it's the end of the world and that's kind of the approach (laughs) I'm applying to everything in life at the moment especially mid-pandemic and definitely with all of the tasks I have to do I think you definitely have to see what is a priority so obviously like nine to five job you can't really avoid that. Although I've started going eight till four, I can work on flexi hours and I think eight till four works better with me in fitting other things into my routine. And then obviously I like to aim, I mean, ideally two videos a week, but as I said in the intro, I have been feeling disillusioned with YouTube and with content creation for quite some time. So I think at least one video a week is another priority for me. And now, now we've got this podcast and I do have other responsibilities as well, like new grad. And also eventually I do wanna get back into editing my manuscript. But I do, like like I say, I make a to-do list for the week. I make a to-do list every day. But I really, really don't beat myself up about it anymore. It's something that I think it links, as again, to last week's episode where we were talking about kind of that pressure to be productive. I approach productivity and time management in a completely different way now than I did before lockdown and before the pandemic. And I just think it's not going to be the end of the world if I don't achieve everything on my to-do list. And most weeks I don't achieve everything on my to-do list. It's just a case of identifying those few priorities. I think maybe a tier system or maybe we're, maybe I shouldn't use the analogy of a tier system because, you know, the UK lockdown system is, you know, I feel like the word tier is linked to that now. Uh, So we'll use a different analogy. I kind of have a ranking system. So I have the high priority things, which I have to get done every week. And I know I can find time in my week to do those things. And then I just rank everything else. And if things don't get done, they don't get done. And I really have to not beat myself up about that. It's something that I, as I say, it's still evolving. It's still a mindset that I'm trying to adopt. But back in the days when time management and organisation were kind of taking over my life I would feel so down if I didn't get everything done and so now I'm trying to adapt the way I view everything Mm, yeah I feel like this is again kind of similar to last week where we maybe have like different 
attitudes to <laughs> the way that this works best and that's kind of I guess important because people are going to deal with that feeling of being overwhelmed differently and I personally like to take the attitude that like when I have decided I want to do something I kind of immediately treat it as like a non-negotiable so like mm-hmm. Back in March, I set myself three videos a week as a goal for YouTube, and I try to stick to that. I think I've missed it like a couple of times due to like internet issues, but I've kind of set that to myself as something that just happens and it's not like an option. And that, for some reason, alleviates the sensation of being overwhelmed by it because it's the kind of the same as like a job in my mind, yeah. that's like the way I've chosen to view it. Because when it becomes something that just has to happen it suddenly kind of like takes away that choice which I do think helps me personally be productive but I know that for other people that could be like a really overwhelming way to look at it because then if you struggle for time then it becomes really difficult and so that definitely works for me and I think maybe being stricter with yourself sometimes if there's something that you genuinely want to get done and telling yourself this is a non-negotiable and I am going to do it can help you to be more productive so I guess it's just weighing up that balance of being like firm with yourself so that you don't just let yourself slip into being completely unproductive and not managing your time well at all in the sense that you don't get anything done but also yeah giving yourself that time if you're not able to fit it in as well. Yeah I Definitely for me, especially because a lot of the things that I do that I'm trying to fit around my job are creative. And if I tell myself that I have to do it in a certain period of time or it has to be done, I feel like I am less inspired when I come to make the content and I get really frustrated with myself and it feels more forced. So I definitely think we do differ in the way that we approach it, but we seem to be managing all right. So I definitely think the takeaway from this is that there are so many different ways you can approach time management. I know that an example of time management in my life when I had like had to get everything done was not last year I feel like I can't believe it wasn't last year I can't believe it was the year before but when I was doing my third (laughs) third year dissertation at uni I was doing my dissertation I was also I had a four-week complete structural edit deadline for the book Um, and that means that I had an 85,000 word manuscript and I had to basically completely rewrite it or pretty much completely restructure it in a four week deadline. So I had that at the same time that I had uh, my dissertation. I was working 20 hours a week at a restaurant and then I also was an editor for a newspaper. And that period of my life, I genuinely don't think I will ever have anything as stressful as that again. And (laughs) your system really helped me then. Like it, it was easier for me then to identify pockets of time where I wouldn't work than when than identifying all the spaces where I would work if that makes more sense so like I would tell myself that every day this like this moment in the morning and this moment in the evening well obviously longer than a moment it wasn't one second um (laughs) were the moments when I would do something something that was completely restful and bring me joy but everything else I would just chip away at my to-do list in that time I didn't necessarily have concrete achievements I wanted to get done but I had a list and I would work in those hours on all those projects on all those different things and I had to be really strict with myself then so that was definitely a time where I kind of more adopted your method it's just that now I take a more relaxed method because especially with YouTube I just can't produce creative content when I feel like I have to does that make sense? No, that totally makes sense. I feel like that's the case for a lot of people. I personally would describe myself as like quite type a i like to be like (laughs) hyper organized i have like a note on my phone with like 
all of the video ideas I've ever had basically so then I can like basically always draw from that and pick something out if I need to film something um I need that. I also I need tend, I think yeah it, it does help because like I you know you can't always be on like your a game with creativity but like if you're in a period where you're having loads of great ideas you're probably not going to be able to film them all at that one time so writing everything down then so then you can draw back on your past creativity if you're having like a bit of a dry spell I always find really really helpful um and I also think that in my family um my brother has like diagnosed ADHD and my mum always tells me that she thinks I was like a little bit similar to him as well so I do find that having everything like mapped out for me helps mm. my brain focus because I do get distracted really easily so I think having like TikToks that... in the middle of the night wow call me out why don't you Uh, but yeah like I find it so easy to get distracted I think that's why TikTok is so addicting to me because it's such short form content that you don't need to like I struggle to watch films or anything that's like longer than 30 minutes because my brain just can't focus so having a really clear and mapped out structure helps me to stay really productive if I just like trick like waltzed into the day with no plan and just thought I'd go with the flow I would get nothing done <laughs> I feel like that's more the approach that I take nowadays it's definitely it's lockdown it's changed me I feel like coming up from such a low has just really changed my mindset but we will delve into that in future episodes so as Absolutely. for the second half of this topic what are your tips for avoiding burnout because I know that Burnout is such an issue, especially if you're a creative person that likes to pile on a lot of side projects or if you're someone that does maybe juggles jobs, like anyone that has to have strict time management and balances a lot of things or spins a lot of plates to use the analogy that we (laughs) like, uh, it is difficult to avoid burnout. Absolutely. I think it is something that is inevitable and also something that you shouldn't worry too much about because likely it is only temporary and just letting yourself sit with the feeling for a little while might help you to kind of process and get over it. So I actually feel like I am currently dealing with a bit of a burnout in regards to teaching yoga. And this is something that I've been doing only a few months now. I've been doing it since July. And so we're now in November. So it's only been like four or five months. I can't do maths. August, September, October, no, four months. So we're in the fourth month of teaching yoga um, and I kind of threw myself into it and picked up as many classes as I could. And then since going into the second lockdown where we now suddenly can't teach in person and it's all back online, I have just totally lost my motivation for that completely because I just feel like it's so not the same when you're not like in a room with people. And it's so weird because... I now have a yoga YouTube channel and I'm loving filming videos for that because they're quite short. You are filming like, so many. I'm so I impressed. I have to thank Jay for that because he is filming them with me and then he's editing them. So like it ah. takes off a lot of the pressure. I mostly just have to come up with the ideas and I'm finding that way easier than like a full 60 minute class because for some reason the knowing that I'm putting it out on YouTube, which is something that I've been doing for ages, not with yoga, but just with YouTube like videos just feels natural whereas filming a zoom yoga class where 80% of the people have their camera off and you know they're listening to you live but they're not like they're responding it just feels so demotivating so yeah, and um, I feel like I'm currently dealing with burnout and I am kind of taking that like relaxed approach 
of it knowing that it's something that will pass and I think maybe you just need to like assess the situation obviously I'm talking specifically about teaching yoga and I've kind of looked at it and I thought well why might I be feeling burnt out and then I've thought okay there's been a big change of circumstance where I would have normally been going out to studios and spending time with students in person it's now suddenly gone online and you kind of just suddenly look at the situation and see what might have changed and then realize okay this is actually quite a natural and normal response to what is like a difficult situation so Mm, that could be applied to loads of things whether that's suddenly taking on loads more work and then feeling burnt out because you have no energy or finishing a really big creative project and then not knowing what to do next there's so many instances where feeling burnt out is completely normal so I think the first thing to do when you're dealing with that is simply just to calm down because it probably is temporary and then just give yourself time to process and maybe think about what circumstances could be causing it and see if it's anything that you can actually change. Mm, I definitely agree with that. I think for this part of the topic for me I can separate burnout into two different definitions and that's how I'd tackle this. The first one is creative burnout, which is similar to what you've just been saying. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that creative burnout for me does happen time like time and time again. I get to a point where I've created so much or I've put so much pressure on myself to create that I just can't do it. And I have to take a step away and I know that it's temporary. I know that I should go and consume other people's creative content, be inspired by other people. And in time, I will be ready to take on those projects again. If I ever get to a point where I feel like I'm forcing myself to either write, to read, to make content online, not my actual job, that has to be done regardless. But the other things, I feel like sometimes you just need to take a step away and give yourself some time off, a breather, and when you go back, that burnout is kind of dissipated and you're ready to go again. The other definition of burnout for me would be like emotional and physical burnout, and I feel like that can be avoided and that is more of a issue I think I feel like often when you're juggling a lot of projects or when you look at your list of things to do it's very easy to get sucked into that bubble where you think they are the be all and end all of life but at the end of the day I think if this pandemic has taught us anything it's that our health and our family and things like that are just I think one of the most important things and I think it's so important to remember that all of those things on your to-do list are nothing if you are physically and emotionally drained so I think when it comes to burnout in that sense it's important to make sure you're getting enough rest like not if you don't get that to-do list done it's fine like so the next day is a new day and you shouldn't stay up all night trying to get the to-do list done you shouldn't you know skip meals because you're so focused on the jobs that you're meant to be doing I think it's really important to just remember to take care of yourself because at the end of the day that's way more important than you know posting on Instagram or getting a YouTube video filmed and I say that as someone that deeply values those things Mm -hmm. but emotional and physical burnout in that sense where it becomes like quite unhealthy it's just important to remember that your rest your eating your sleeping just your general like self-care is so important and that comes before any to-do list. 100% it is really important and I think something else that can make it easier kind of going back to that like prioritizing um is like kind of assessing like what you have to do and then from that like is it actually serving you for example if you've got a full-time job 
and that's making you stressed. Well, obviously it's serving you in the sense that it's paying your wages and therefore it's probably quite important to your life. <laughs> um, and therefore it's kind of something that you have to deal with. Or if it's something that's really making you unhappy, then maybe you think about looking for a new job or that kind of thing. But there are certain things that are, you know, really important. But then there are other things where you can look at all of the extra things that you've taken on, whether that is creative projects, meeting up with friends, loads of different like sort of socializing things and all that kind of stuff and assess like who you're doing these things for. Is it for you because it makes you happy or is it for other people because you feel like you have a responsibility to keep up to certain things? Um, And if that's the case and you're feeling overwhelmed, then it is 100% okay to take a step back from all of those other priorities and know that by taking that step back and by taking time to just calm down, regroup and reset, you'll probably be a lot better in those circumstances than you would have been if you allowed yourself to continue getting overwhelmed. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that you can say no to plans, to projects. And I know that's something we both struggle with. (laughs) I'm not saying we got it down because I definitely struggle with that. But I think it's something that I'm trying to kind of adapt and adopt is a better word. I'm going to go with adopt. Adopt in my (laughs) own life is to be able to say, no, I've got too much on my plate. And for me, for my health, for my you know, mental well-being, I need to say no. And I feel like that sums up everything we've been trying to say. So they were our thoughts on time management, how we organise our lives, and also how to avoid burnout. So let us know what you think on the topic of time management and burnout. And now moving on to the third and final section, my favourite, it's time to put our agony ant hats on. I just mimicked putting a hat on. (laughs) And I had to witness it. You're all blessed that you didn't. hope you're all ready for some absolutely incredible advice because we have two <laughs> really exciting agony ant questions i don't know if exciting is the right word interesting agony ant questions that i'm hoping you'll a lot of you will be able to relate to so the first one is from my instagram as always these are going to be anonymous and it came through and said that someone is seriously dealing with the guilt of wanting to take a break from their child now as a little bit of context <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know m or i um neither of us have children. I have pets, but I don't think it's quite the same. However, I think that this feeling of guilt of needing a break in general from close relationships is something that although we can't relate to in terms of children, I think could be applied to a lot of close relationships, whether that is romantic, family or friend relationships or even work relationships. You know, we have a lot of obligations. And I think we very briefly just touched on this when we were talking about the power of the word no. And obviously, it really does depend on the context of the situation. For example, if it's your child, obviously that's like a non-negotiable relationship. Likewise, um, parents, siblings, you know, those are people that are always gonna be in your lives. And so if you're struggling with spending a lot of time with them, or if there's something that in particular is causing conflict or friction in your relationship, I would personally say that it's okay to take a step back. Obviously, making sure that everyone is okay and probably communicated with about the situation. For example, if you've been 
say, spending a lot of time with your sister or brother and you're finding them really annoying or something like that, (laughs) then maybe just say, look, you're really doing my head in at the moment. I'm going to take a few minutes away or like, I'll call you next week or something like that. And just communicate as clearly as you can about needing to take a step back and basically like reset yourself because I think often these things just come from friction and maybe like a difference of opinion or maybe just like clashing personalities but it's not from any like sort of deep rooted dislike of each other it's more so just when you're really close to someone then there's also a lot of room for tension as well and also potentially more room for honesty because it's like you know family romantic partners all of that kind of stuff you kind of in that situation where you're both really close to but also could easily have an argument with someone because of how close you are so I think generally speaking it's okay if you feel that way and it's just important to allow yourself to take a step back know that you're not a bad person for needing time to yourself um, and then just allow yourself to sort of realize that by taking some time for you and maybe focusing on what about your interactions with that other person was causing you upset or stress or tension and then coming back to the relationship and either being able to communicate that frustration better and move forward with the relationship or probably more likely just knowing that taking that time to give yourself some space will allow you to just be a lot calmer and go into the relationship being a better parent, partner, sister, whatever it might be. However, there are other relationships like friendships and stuff where that could also apply, but also those relationships are less non-negotiable when you're like not related to someone or you've not chosen to be like a life partner Um, and so if it's coming up consistently where say like a friend or a colleague is causing you a lot of stress or you struggle to spend time with them it might be a case of just realizing that perhaps that person isn't someone that you want to spend a lot of time with um, and maybe the friendship or the work relationship is something that should only be within the workplace and it's not something that's serving you. So I think, yeah, I feel like that's a really complicated answer, but essentially... Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense though. Yeah. I feel like I can't relate to this with a child, I'll be honest, I can't (laughs) even keep a plant alive. However, I am the type of person where I will throw my all into every... I don't, like, I don't have a vastly wide circle of friends, but the friends and the family members and you know, when those times come around, not currently in one of those times, but romantically, I will throw myself into those relationships and I will give a lot of myself to those. But I think it is important to recognize when you need to take a little more time for yourself and a little less time for those. I recently, or not recently, it was actually, I feel like my time frame for this whole year has just gone out of whack because (laughs) (laughs) this year's just gone by so fast. But earlier on in the year, one of my people I'm closest to in the world just communicated very simply this is not a reflection of how I feel about any of you guys but I need more time to just take a step back and focus on me to be a better friend a better person in the long run and you know what I respected that so so much and it didn't affect our relationship in the slightest if the people Mm -hmm. that are close to you whatever capacity that might be in are really like value you and care about your well-being as well they will completely understand if you need to just take a minute and if you communicate that I think communication is key here and I think that people will understand that and if they don't understand that I mean if they're a child and they don't understand that then fair enough they're probably about five and they just they just want their dinner made (laughs) but if they yeah if they are a trusted member of your circle and they don't understand that I think maybe question why that is and maybe it's not about you yeah so that's what I'd say for that one definitely um 
and then like a final piece of advice maybe just based on like obviously i am not a parent but i am a child <laughs> i'm some i'm someone's child technically i'm an adult although i don't want to uh, like come to terms with that yet and um, but I think parents are obviously really cool most of the time. They do so much for their children. And I can only imagine that it is really difficult because you sort of give all of your energy to your offspring and like they, for the most part, until they're like older, don't really appreciate how much work you put in for them. So if you are a parent, I'd say like, you're probably doing a really good job and it's okay if you feel a little bit exhausted and if you can then maybe it would be good to reach out to your support network and just take that time for you because you will ultimately be a better parent when you take that time to look after yourself as well. 100% agree with that. I definitely can be a very needy child so (laughs) sometimes I just need my mum to tell me that I need to stop ringing her eight times a day because there cannot possibly be anything else I need to tell her so yeah I feel like yeah communicate there as well I sometimes I need my mum to tell me to shut up and it works (laughs) so the second question that we have is how do I move on from an ex-boyfriend obviously this could just be anyone an ex-partner of any sort um and I feel like for me the phrasing of this question prevents the actual moving on because I think it kind of insinuates that you can move yourself on from a heartbreak and I know that heartbreak is quite a universal experience so many people have experienced that and it is I saw something I actually think I heard it on the highlight with Dolly Alderton and Pandora Sykes I think they were talking about heartbreak and they said that it is a form of grief and that is so so true heartbreak is a really specific type of loss and grief and I actually think it's one of the most powerful emotions and experiences that you have in your adult life and so I think the idea that you can move yourself on from it is not necessarily the right way to go about it. I definitely went through a really tough breakup in which I thought if I just focus you know go out every night if I just chat with my friends all the time if I never give myself time to think about it and if I just force myself to move on then I'll move on fine simple as that and I don't necessarily think it is as simple as that I think heartbreak does take a long time I mean it's completely fine if you do get over it quickly like respect that but if you don't (laughs) then I think it's fine to give yourself that length of time that you need to move on from someone I don't necessarily think it's something that can happen if you will it to happen Um, heartbreak is a long process so you're dealing with I mean it obviously depends on the context of the end of the relationship but you're dealing with a lot of complex emotions often complex situations that have happened and it does take time for your mind to move on from that but in the meantime I would say my advice for this is when I, when something like this happens to me and not just romantically but also it can happen in friendships it can happen in family yeah. situations like it can happen in so many contexts where you are dealing with the loss of someone in any shape or form that may take. And I think for me, I always rely heavily on creativity. I can always trace back high periods of creativity to when I need to rely on it. Especially writing, I find it very cathartic. So I'd say, if you have any hobbies, just throw yourself into them and really concentrate on them because I think that's a great way to kind of not force yourself to move on, but distract yourself in order for you to move on behind the scenes, but not completely, you know, disregarding your emotions. I also think spend time with family, spend time with friends. But I'd say at the end of the day, my main advice for this is to let yourself grieve the loss of the relationship. It hurts. Let Kind of processing the emotions of a breakup and really thinking about them hurts, 
But I do think actually it is necessary to process. And I think if you force yourself not to think about that and not to process it, it's a longer process in the long run and it'll catch up in the end. I don't know what your thoughts on this are, Kira. I think my thoughts on this are going to be a little bit more brief because it's <laughs> not something I've got a, any experience with, really. Um, so just to give can, it a little bit of context. Can we I, just um, appreciate it? You've never had to experience it, literally. I'm jealous. Yeah, I, I do apologise, everyone. I, I'm sorry that I haven't got the like relatability on this one, but um, I'm in a long-term, like, seven-year relationship, and I've Jay and I have been together since we were 16 so like I've not really had much time aside from this relationship to have experienced that I don't think like pre-16 relationships really like have the the depth to lead to much heartbreak um but yeah I think although I can't relate to it on a romantic level I have experienced like friendship breakups like you kind of just touched on M and I think friendships are you know really important relationships as well Um, and I don't think that the only important relationships that we have are romantic and I think regardless of in what context you have known and spent time with someone whether that is um, platonically as friends or whether it is romantically when you've known someone for a while or being really close to them when that relationship ends or you grow apart it is difficult because someone who you have given a lot of time and energy to is no longer there and it obviously changes the context of your life in a really big way because for example say you have a friend who you maybe just like share loads of things with it's the person that you turn to whenever you need some advice or something like that and then suddenly you're not friends anymore suddenly you have to kind of shift the way that you approach life because the way that you deal with things has to change because your circle has changed as well and I think it's okay to need to take time to come to terms with that and also again kind of going on my experience with my relationship with Jay, you know, we're together like a lot of the time. And I can only imagine that that's really difficult when that shifts um, for people because suddenly everything that you do is different because you're used to doing it alongside someone else and then that changes. Um, And I think that my advice, purely hypothetically, (laughs) is just that you should allow yourself to grow and change based on the circumstances because you'll ultimately be a different person than you were prior to the relationship so although potentially being single isn't new to you because I'm sure everyone's been single at some point in their life you are a different person and are changed based on the experiences that you will have had in this relationship regardless of how long or short it may be and so allowing yourself to change and figure out who the like you is outside of the context of that but changed based on what has happened is completely okay so I'd say just like don't put too much pressure on yourself because it is I'm sure a really difficult thing to go through yeah I I feel like that was sound advice from someone who told me that they were not going to be able to answer that question. I told you, I'm just a really good agony aunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like uh, being a single hot mess is kind of my forte. So <laughs> I feel like I have two parting nuggets of wisdom that I have learned. And the first one is never look them up on social media. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. Anyone I've spoken to, it doesn't help. So that's my first one. Uh, and then the second one is, this is, I feel like... In the past year, throughout a lot of areas of my life, I've become more like mindfulness, like, you know, chill, <laughs> more chill vibes. I don't know how to explain it. But I always think of relationships, whether, like whatever type that might be, as 
life is so short and you don't want I feel like this works two ways. So you don't want someone in your life that doesn't want to be there. And as much as it hurts when people tell you that they don't want to be in your life, if they don't want to be in it, you don't want them in it. And I feel like it's also very freeing to think of it as, I mean, take a romantic partner, for example. If they end the relationship, their life is short too. And you don't want them to have, you know, be pursuing something in their life that they don't want in it. And I feel like it's just processing that loss of that person in your life and thinking of your life as you know this short magical thing and you don't want things in there and you don't want other people to feel that pressure vice versa that they have to have something in it or that you have to have someone in there that doesn't want to be there does that make sense i feel like that That's made so, no sense so profound wow yeah life is a magical thing it is wonderful. life is magical like i just i feel like sometimes life can be an absolute chaotic horrible mess like mid mid 2020 wasn't a hot point for me but in general (laughs) like it is important to find the joyful moments in life and if someone isn't providing them or if you can't provide them to someone else it's okay to walk away and accept it as a defeat but also as a success because even as a relationship ends it can also have had a positive impact overall on your life everything has some kind of capacity to help propel you forward I think so like regardless of what the experience is and regardless of how difficult it might be to see at the specific time Mm. likelihood is you'll be able to use that relationship or experience to take you in a direction that is like you say more aligned with what you want from your unique life experience yeah and allowing yourself to reflect on and process those emotions gives you kind of bits of wisdom that you take forward into your future relationships that might be more successful because you've learned from the past. And I think, yeah, you do have to let yourself wallow, give yourself the time that's needed, and try and think about the way it will impact your future relationships for the positive. Peace out. that is a perfect way to end that one, I think. Wow. (laughs) We are so good at this, aren't we? I should not be giving out relationship (laughs) advice. I just, I really shouldn't. (laughs) Well, that wasn't relationship advice. That was breakup advice. I got that down. (laughs) Yeah. You you know what you're talking about. We're doing okay. I I shouldn't be giving breakup advice. (laughs) No, no. I feel like yours was... I feel like you're just wise on every topic. I just... I respect your wisdom. Like I say, I come to you with every issue in my life. So, yeah. Uh, I try my best to help. (laughs) (laughs) That was our Agony Ant section, as always. Or I say as always, like we've done more than two episodes. Please. always for the last two times. (laughs) (laughs) please let us know if you do have any agony ant dilemmas and we will try our best to muddle through them for you and yeah any other requests for the topic of the week because as i say that wasn't our planned topic of the week but it was inspired by a comment someone left so thank you to that person and if you do have any requests tell us we love to know we absolutely would it's so much fun to hear what everyone else wants to hear us talking about but i think that brings this episode of we're spinning plates to an end if you would like to find us on social media in order to leave your agony ant questions or any topic um, suggestions for the episodes you can find me on instagram at kira's corner underscore kira is c-i-a-r-a and then z corner underscore <laughs> 
was even weirder when I saw it over Zoom as well. Um, and then I'm also Kira Foster on YouTube. I'm so sorry you all had to listen to that. <laughs> that was like ASMR, but a negative version. I am at a little writer M on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and you can chat to me on any of those platforms and I would love to hear from you and yeah thank you so much for listening to the second episode please let us know what you thought and we look forward to chatting to you in episode three bye guys bye